Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. I wish you guys could see me right now. I'm recording this intro on Sunday morning. I'm in my pajamas. Barkley is on my lap, it being so snuggly. And I am just happy to be here and I'm happy for today's episode. It's a really great one. Before we get into it, um, Jake and I actually got to celebrate our two-year anniversary slash Valentine's Day a little early this year. We did it early because I'm going away for the next week to visit my parents in Florida and then also see Carly Silverman, who if you have not listened to her episode from the beginning of this year with our other friend Danny Katowitz. You have to. It's probably one of my favorite episodes ever. But um, yeah, so I'm going to Florida for the week and then I get back and Jake's work schedule has been so crazy and both our anniversary, which is on February 8th and Valentine's Day fall during the week. So we just thought let's take a Saturday night a little beforehand and just have this night to celebrate us and our love. And it was really special. We went to the restaurant, the Clock Tower, which is in the Edition Hotel in Madison Square Park. And we actually went there last year on Valentine's Day and there was it was this whole extravagant tasting menu thing. And so we wanted to kind of just like have a normal experience there. And it was so delicious and such a perfect like romantic vibey place. And the food was incredible. And it was a really, really special and wonderful night. So today I am going to an engagement party for my best friend, Julia. She is one of my childhood friends. We went to sleepaway camp together and she and her fiance, now fiance Luke, they met on Coffee Meets Bagel and they got engaged recently on a trip to Thailand for one of her family members' weddings. That's why they were there. So whole amazing special celebration and yeah, just excited to see her. She recently moved to California for her medical school residency. So it'll be great to catch up and see her. And then I'm excited to be in Florida. It's going to be a nice little relaxing slash fun week and excited to get away from the cold New York weather. But I will say, all things considered, we've been super lucky with this weather. Like, yes, it's cloudy every day. Yes, it's kind of drizzly most days, but it's been in like the 30s and 40s, which for late January, early February, can't complain. I'll take it. Today's episode is a really great one, and it's just a really real one. I have my friend Morgan Realm on the podcast today. Morgan is the head of membership at Locks Club. She also is a huge food influencer on Instagram. She has over 135,000 followers on her account. It's called Too Much Food. Both two and food have four O's. And she is also known for being the I'm single girl, where she really put herself out there and has gone around parties and parks and concerts with um, a screen on her phone that says I'm single in order to actually like meet people and it has totally worked and she's going to share all about putting herself out there and what that has been like in the episode. But what we're mainly going to talk about is a pretty blindsided breakup that she went through with somebody that she really liked and um, took her time with, took it slow in the beginning and thought things were finally going in a great direction. And out of pretty much nowhere, um, he ended things with her and it's been a really tough journey to move past that. And it's also hard going through a breakup when you work at a dating app and I have been there. So it's a really wonderful episode. And and thank you, Morgan, for being so vulnerable with us and, and being your authentic self and telling your story and sharing it with us, because I know it's going to help a lot of people out there who are listening. So to everyone listening, thank you so much. Don't forget we have the parties coming up. We have our Valentine's Day party on February 7th. It is at Clinton Hall, which is on 51st and 2nd, I believe, in New York City. That is February 7th, starts at 7 o'clock. It's going to be great if you want to come with your girlfriends, with your girl group, with your girl gang to celebrate each other and just have a fun night out for Valentine's. Or if you want to come and meet other girlfriends, I know it's so hard to make 
friends when you're in your 20s, when you're in your 30s in New York City. It's such a big place and it seems like it'd be easy, but it's actually really difficult. But this is one of those times where you can come together and meet like-minded people who also just want to make friends and meet everyone. And if you feel like you don't have enough single friends in your friend group, this is the time. Come make new single friends. And guess what? You and your new single friends can then go to our Fuck Valentine's Day Mixer, which is happening on February 10th at 9 p.m. It's at High Water Rooftop in Fidei. It is such a cool venue. I am so excited. I can't believe they're like having us. This is going to be insane. And there are going to be so many people there who just want to meet other people in real life. And it is going to be amazing. And I'm going to be there to wing woman you. Some of my friends are going to be there to also help wing woman you. We have Serena Kerrigan's Let's Fucking Date card games. I have like literally 10 of these card games ready for you guys to play them. Play the card games. Don't play each other. But it's going to be a really, really great event and I'm so excited to meet so many of you at both Galentine's and fuck Valentine's day. So RSVP links are in the show notes. These events are free. If you download the filter off app and RSVP in app or they're $20 at the door, I did them in partnership with filter off, which is a wonderful, amazing dating app that is all about getting you in real life. It's a video speed dating app first, but then they have so many events in so many different cities. So you definitely want to check it out. So I can't wait to see you guys there. DM me, tell me if you're coming. Don't forget after you listen to this episode or before, or while you're listening, share it with the friend who would love to hear it. Give us a five-star rating and review if you haven't yet. And I am so excited for everything that is to come, both with these events, with this episode, and with so many more things that I'm working on that I can't wait to share with you. Every so often, what's old becomes new again. We revamp our dating app profiles, we clean out our closets to get that refresh feeling, and we finally throw out that ketchup on our fridge door that expired nine months ago. The start of the year is the perfect time for a refresh. And for me, my big refresh has been my content. Adobe Express has empowered me to take the time to reflect on the content that you guys loved the most last year and give it a much needed facelift. Plus, it was time to drag some of that stuff that nobody loved to the trash bin, click empty and move on. I couldn't be more excited about what I have created on Adobe Express to help elevate the Seeing Other People brand. The feed finally looks cohesive. The story segments are looking fire. The unfiltered episodes now have their own cover image on Spotify and Apple, which is so cool. And I'm even working on a refreshed look for the official Seeing Other People cover. You are going to want to stay tuned for that. We have a whole photo shoot coming. We have a whole rebrand. It's going to be amazing. And it is all thanks to Adobe Express. One of my favorite things that has come out of my refresh is the dating wins templates. You're all inspiring me so much, and it has been so wonderful to be able to share and celebrate your wins together on the story and on the feed. And it is looking so good, and that's just the cherry on top because the wins are truly the special part. So thank you to Adobe Express for empowering me to give seeing other people the look that it deserves, and I cannot wait to see what else we create together this year. Let's get into today's episode. And we are here, Morgan. Welcome to Seeing Other People. Hi, so excited to be here. (laughs) I am so excited to have you. So you are many things. You work for Locks Club. Tell everybody what you do at Locks. Um, I'm the head of membership at Locks Club. Kind of an unofficial title. I run the department, but technically I'm a manager level position. Um, I do have Great. eight interns though, so I feel like it's fine. I'm in charge, you know. <laughs> that is a lot of interns to have. I know. That is like a huge team under you. Holy shit. I know. They're also very different. Like I have one intern who's 60 years old and she helps me review our older applicants. So very diverse array of people. Wait, I love that. It's like, what was that movie, The Intern? Yes. I was just like, someone else said that the other day and I hadn't even thought about it. It's so cute. That is so funny. Okay. 
So we work out locks. We also have two lots of O's much food. Yeah. Your amazing food insta. You've been doing that for like over a decade, right? Almost a decade. It's approaching nine years. Yeah. Um, and I started it amazing. when I was in high school. That is crazy. Okay. And among all of that, you live in New York City. You are living your life out there trying to find love and do all the things that we do. Yeah. Just just a regular girl, you know, dating, <laughs> living life. <laughs> Living life. So, okay. I want to hear, I know there's one specific relationship that we've talked about in the past that we wanted to get into because this was a situation where you ended up feeling really blindsided. And I think it's everything you went through was like really unfortunately relatable. So I'd love to kind of backtrack and hear about that and how it started and what ended up unfolding. Yeah. So I matched with this guy on locks club which was great news for me because it proved the app actually worked and the way that it works on locks club is you can match with someone and then if nobody talks to each other it will expire after 10 days but they'll show up in your queue again like a couple weeks later so I matched with this guy a total of three times over a couple months and the third time we matched, I sent him a message and I said, we have to stop meeting like this. And apparently he didn't even remember me, which is insulting, but okay. He went along with it and we ended up finally going out. And that was um, the very beginning of June, 2022 this year. And from there, it went so fast. I saw him, I think 10 or 11 times that month. And it was, it also was really speedy because I was moving to LA for two months for the summer. And so we kind of just wanted to get in all of that time with each other before I left. And he literally met my parents twice during that period. Like it was very fast, but I really liked him. And he said he really liked me. He liked where this was going. He got me a stuffed animal to remember him by for, for when I went to LA it was a dinosaur because we saw Jurassic World in theaters together. And it was just a lot of fun. Um, I wasn't like expecting to like someone in that way because for so long I have I had loved being single and everything that comes with it, especially since I work at Locks Club. We have so many opportunities to meet, you know, young eligible men. And for, for me too, like at our events. And so I loved going to our events and being single and flirting with everyone. And all of a sudden this guy came in and I was shocked that the app actually worked for me and like really hesitant about it too, because I didn't feel like I was ready to be in a relationship. And I wasn't sure if that was because it was him or um, because of myself and where I wanted to go. But I went to LA, no strings attached, just knowing that he really liked me and wasn't sure what would happen. And we ended up FaceTiming and talking every single day while I was away. And he actually booked a flight to come visit me. And um, about halfway into my trip, he stayed with me for four or five days in LA. And it was just the best five days ever. And 
I, I, for some reason, I still, I just couldn't commit. I could not do it. I was still going out with people in LA. I was using Hinge and Locks Club too, um, mostly. And, you know, meeting people in real life and just completely unable to commit to this man, even though he was so perfect. Was he trying to be in a relationship? Like, obviously, you're going through these motions, but was he saying to you, like, I want you to be my girlfriend? He was not saying it in those words, but essentially, and it wasn't going to happen while we were separated. But before I left, he was like, yeah, before I left, he was like, I am really liking where this is going. I'm not seeing anybody else. I'm only seeing you. He was hurt that I was seeing other people because, oh, literally, the name of your podcast. <laughs> it comes uh, up every now and then. <laughs> there is a point to it. <laughs> Wait, actually, I'm curious about that. When he told you that he wasn't seeing anyone else, like how I assume you did not bring up this conversation since you were, but how did you respond and say, like, oh, I, I still am? Because that's something I get mm-hmm. asked about a lot. Like, if somebody isn't ready, sometimes, you know, we're afraid to actually say what's really going on. So we kind of just like agree or don't say anything and then regret it. Um, I am painfully honest with everyone in my personal life and also professionally. And so it's very easy for me to just tell people where my head is at, where, and even if they ask me in this specific case, we actually were playing the, this game on Locks club called Josie's game it's like you ask each other TMI questions. And one of the questions was like, how many people have you hooked up with since we met? And another one is how many other people are you seeing? And I literally wrote all of those questions. I answered both (laughs) of them. I was like, I have hooked up with, I think I said two people. And then I realized after saying that, that it was completely wrong and it was more than two, but whatever. And I said I had been on, I had, I was still going on at least one date a week. And this was, I think, four weeks into seeing each other. So he was hurt by it, but understood. Um, And we didn't talk about it that much again until LA, like towards the end of my trip. I, and I had met his sister while he was visiting me because she lives in LA too. There was one night where I ran into his, sister's friend at a networking LA tech week event. And she introduced herself to my friend as um, I'm Morgan's boyfriend's sister's roommate. And I corrected her and said that he wasn't my boyfriend. And then introduced her to someone else as like, do you remember, you know, like that guy that I was seeing? And this girl went back to the sister, told him, told her that. And then she went to the guy and told him and he oh called my God. and he was like, listen, I know this was probably taken out of context, but I'm spiraling. Like what's going on? Is this real? I'm not saying we have to define anything right now, but am I imagining things? I you know. And at that point we talked again and I just said, I see a future with you and I'm excited to come back to New York and pick up where we left off and just, be a normal person with you and date and get to know each other better. Um, And then that just continued um, when I got back to New York, the same, you know, I just like, I wasn't ready to commit. He still wasn't seeing anyone else. He wasn't actively upset about it, but once in a while it would come up and 
he would be like, I don't understand like how you can still, you know, be seeing other people and want to want to be seeing them. And, but he wasn't, he never was pressuring me. He knew that wasn't going to work. Um, I think that's a really difficult position for both of you to be in because when I feel like when one person is like a commitment type of person, it's so difficult. And like, and that, that was me, my entire singlehood, you know, like if I liked someone, I wanted to be with them and I could never understand the perspective of the guys who said they liked me would see me three or four or five times a week but not want to commit because in my mind, it's like, well, you're already going through all of these motions. You're already doing all of the things that you would do if you were my boyfriend. It's just that you don't want to put this title on it. And for me, it was a pill that was so incredibly difficult to swallow because I literally could not understand it. And from your perspective, it's like, you're being so honest and straightforward and you are getting to know him. You are getting deeper with him. You are, you know, progressing, but you're still, you know, you still have that independence that you've had for so long and that you love. And for you, it's like, well, I do like this person and I do, you know, see a future with him and maybe I'm not there yet, but I do want to get there. And in the meantime, I want to continue to live my life. And I think it's just a very, difficult thing for each person to like understand the other person's perspective and be okay with it. Yeah. And also the weird thing about this was, I think that I am the same way though. And if I really like a guy and see a future with a guy, I would want to commit. And so that was kind of in the background the entire time. And I just didn't really know what to do because I did like him so much. And I felt kind of like maybe the thing that was holding me back was he wasn't my type physically. And I was attracted to him in a way that I, I have to say I haven't been with anyone else. Um, Cause that aspect of a relationship has been really hard for me. So I knew I was attracted to him, but there was just some disconnect and I just couldn't get past it for so long. Um, and people were trying to tell me like, you are attracted to him. Just like take take a leap of faith and like see how it goes. And um, for so long, I just couldn't do that. But it's, at some point I did commit. <laughs> um, what do you think, did anything actually change from when you like weren't ready to, to when you did decide to, you know, take that leap of faith? Or was it just you saying like, okay, I should go for this and give it my all because otherwise what's going to happen? It was part of it. Just, you know, seeing what it's like, because in my adult life, I haven't had an actual exclusive non long distance relationship. And I wanted to try that out. First of all, just to, to have it under my belt also. And I, I wanted it with him because I really liked him and, I wanted to do everything with him. I wanted to meet, you know, his parents and, you know, maybe do holidays together and get to know his family and be with him. Like I, I really liked him. It was just some weird part of me that felt like it wasn't going to be forever. And at the same time, I was like, what if we do get together and I never kiss someone else again? Like, what if we don't break up? 
So it was like both of those things. Um, and at some point I just felt like, you know what, all of these what ifs are just meaningless and hypothetical and I should just give it a try. Um, because I do like him and I think this could be fun. And we were going to two weddings together, um, which we had agreed to a few weeks after I got back from LA and the weddings were coming up and I figured, you know, we would be introducing each other as boyfriend, girlfriend while we were there. So I might as well get into it by that point. And in the week or two weeks leading up to that moment where I, you know, like was officially ready and we became official, I started getting really excited about it. And that made me feel like it was the right thing to do as well. So these weddings, it was one your friend and one his friend, right? Yeah, we were both in those weddings. So <laughs> Okay. So you're both in the weddings, which means for those who haven't been to a wedding where, you know, either you're a plus one or, or you're in a wedding, the person who's in the wedding is like very busy and occupied for a lot of the time. Yeah. And so that's a lot. Actually, both of them were destination weddings in a way. His was in Palm Beach. Um and mine was in uh, Philadelphia. So we just took the train there. So that was easy. But um, I, I actually met his grandparents because they live in Palm Beach that weekend. Um, so it was intense. It was a lot. There was a lot going on with the weddings. And I was so excited, though, you know, when I was there and the week after we had one week before the weddings where we were official. And I was so happy. I was like really excited and felt like it was the right thing to do. So all, all that was great. <laughs> I don't want to say it, but what happens next? Yeah. Okay. So I'll explain basically when, when we became official, it was because I asked him to ask me. So I became ready. I knew he was never going to ask me because I had said that I wasn't ready. And so I made him a little crossword puzzle because he does the New York Times mini every single day and he loved it. And sometimes we would do it together. So I made him a crossword puzzle and all of the hints added up to, will you ask me to be your girlfriend already? And then on the back of the card, it said in a cute way. And I gave him the crossword puzzle. This was the Monday before the weddings. And we were, we left on Friday and immediately he was doing the crossword puzzle, but it was taking him a very long time to figure out. And I have a couple videos too, because I was recording it because I thought it was so cute and funny and I'm a content creator. So I wanted to, you know, cherish the moment in the future as well. And so I have a couple of videos of him doing the crossword puzzle with his head, like, down and his hands over his ears like really intensely trying to figure this out and I remember thinking it was a little odd and but you know I just breezed past it and he never asked me in a cute way even though I emphasized it even after um so immediately I thought think it was a little weird and that he didn't seem excited but I just tried to say Yes. Did he, did he say, like, will you be my girlfriend? Yeah. Okay. He asked me to be his girlfriend there. And then he said it in a funny accent and was like, is that cute enough? And I'm like, no. <laughs> um, 
um, <laughs> in a way joking, but also in a way not joking. Um, and then I really did not see him that whole week because he was working so late and this was very rare. Um, I forced him basically to go on a double date the night before the wedding so that he could meet my friend's um, boyfriend who was only in town for that night and or a couple nights and I really wanted them to meet so he made time and but beyond that we barely spoke and I didn't see him that whole week um we went to the weddings things were okay we were getting into tiny arguments basically the whole weekend um and it was very weird and out of character he was defensive and would get angry but quietly whenever I would say something he didn't completely love if it was in front of his friends and he hit a photo limit after like five photos he refused to take any more with me and we had spoken about you know the photo thing before and he was supportive but not as supportive of uh, not as supportive of my page and my content as I would have liked and so going into the wedding, I was already cautious, but it just, it was very odd. He like refused to take a mirror selfie with me in private at the end of the wedding. And it made me feel very weird. And I, we, I cried in the hotel room to him because he knew something was wrong. And he said he wanted to fix it. Like he really wanted to talk about it, which I thought was such a good sign. And then <laughs> we got back. Um, again, that whole week, I basically did not see him. And I went to Boston for a couple of days for we were launching in Locks Club, uh, Locks Club Boston. And so I just chalked it up to my being in Boston that week. That's why we rarely spoke. Um, that's why the two days prior, he didn't really make an effort to see me. Then we got to the weddings. We had a nice Saturday. We both got there Saturday. The wedding was Sunday because it was a Jewish wedding. And um, honestly, we had a fun time. I thought we had a good Saturday. And then on Sunday, I, I was getting ready starting at 8 in the morning. So obviously barely spoke to him. Um, the longest day of my life. And at the ceremony, finally, we're hanging out. We're dancing. And he seems like a little distant. And... I didn't think anything was wrong, honestly. Um, uh, we left the party, like the after party a little early. I think we were the first ones to go because he wanted to go because he had an early train and um, needed to go to sleep. And I remember asking him if he could hold my heels because I was carrying my dress because obviously it was a floor length dress and I didn't want it to get dirty on the streets of Philly. And right. he had such a weird response. He like didn't want to hold them. And like Ken made fun of me. And I'm like, I just had a 16 hour long day. Like, I'm, why can't you hold these? And he's like, oh yeah, you're right. Um, it's like, it's the little, the reactions to the little things, like taking a mirror selfie with your boyfriend at the end of a fun wedding when you're all dressed up and you look good. Like, yeah, that's a normal thing that people do. Like asking someone to hold, asking your boyfriend to hold your heels after being a bridesmaid and being on your feet and like yeah. tending to your 
best friend bride all day like that's a normal thing to do and it's weird that like these were the things that he kind of like shut down on yeah and and it was out of character for sure I didn't understand you know all of a sudden he was having these weird issues um right and the next so he left early on Monday to go to work and I stayed in Philly for a few extra hours to hang out with my friends who were there something really weird happened on Monday and I can't really say it but it affected me um and it was like a tragedy with someone that like I didn't know but I heard about and it was a death um and I was really shaken by it and I was telling him how I felt about it and how I was affected. And he was not giving me any empathy whatsoever. It was so strange. He was like, who cares? Basically, like people die. <laughs> and. Okay, never, what? I know it was. I, I could not understand his reaction at all because I had texted, you know, my family and my friends and said, you know, like this person died and I feel really, really upset about it and affected even though I didn't know them. And everyone was so empathetic and, you know, putting themselves into my shoes saying, you know, you didn't know them, but it's understandable why this is affecting you, blah, blah, blah. So nice about it. And he was not giving me anything. It was so strange. And that was Monday, right? So I literally, I spoke about it a couple times, I think, for that week, you know, because I still felt weird about it a few days later. And I basically did not speak to him all day Monday or all day Tuesday. Um, And it was very odd, but he said he was sick and we had just spent a lot of time together. So I figured a couple text messages that day was okay. By the time that it got to Wednesday and we hadn't spoken on the phone or seen each other in, you know, two and a half days, I started to feel really weird. And I, I remember I called my old coworker, Carly, on the phone because I, I asked her for relationship advice because most of my friends aren't in relationships. And I said to her, you know, at what point is it weird that I'm not hanging out with him? And I don't understand why he wants to not be together this often. Like, I feel like I've barely seen him and he's still not making plans with me. Like, should I be checking in? How often am I supposed to be checking in about the relationship? Cause I started feeling really weird. Um, although let me add one thing that I forgot to mention right after the first wedding in Palm beach, I was feeling I started to feel anxious. Um, and I said to him, I'm having anxiety about us. And I feel like you're going to break up with me after the weddings. And he was like, why, why would I do that? Like, why are you feeling that way? Like, and I said, how often am I supposed to be checking in? He basically gaslit me and told me that he did still like me and he would let me know if he didn't like me anymore. He even called me on the phone to like, make it, you know, make me stop freaking out. He joked like, do I need to send you flowers? 
And so he had given me this reassurance two weeks prior. Right. But since then, we basically had barely spoken and only hung out at these weddings. And now the weddings were done and he still wasn't talking to me. (laughs) And that's confusing because you're like, well, here's what's happening. Like, here's the reality. And it feels wrong. It feels off. I am still anxious. But he I did express my anxiety to him. And he did told me tell me that I have nothing to worry about and that everything is fine. Yeah. So and then you're also like, well, he literally said when he stops liking me, he'll let me know. So exactly. like, what are you supposed <laughs> to do with that other than what you did, which is like sit there in discomfort and confusion. Literally. And then I remember he randomly FaceTimed me while I was at the office, which also felt a little odd and just out of nowhere. And I was so relieved because, you know, I thought he was going to ask me to hang out that night. I had, I was prepared to hang out that night and he asked me what I was doing (laughs) he asked me what I was doing the next day so I was like okay you know I'm free um and we made plans to hang out the next day and that was the only time we spoke that day basically he didn't say he he also at, at this point wasn't telling me when he was going to sleep he would just stop responding to me and then text me in the morning but I would always wake up with a text from him so it made me a little less nervous because, you know, we were still in communication. It just didn't feel as normal or frequent. And then Thursday, he called me to make a plan and he seemed excited. He suggested that he come uptown, which is where I live, and we would get dinner. And he was like, I haven't left my house all week. And daylight savings makes me so depressed. I forgot. Um, let me get out of my house. I've been sick. And I'm like, yeah, haha. Like I can tell because we haven't spoken this week. And he made a joke that he was like dead the whole week. And that's why. Um, and I remember I was slacking my interns <laughs> telling them how nervous I was that he was going to break up with me. And then after that phone call, I messaged them and Carly. And I said, good news. I was imagining it. He sounded so excited on the phone call to see me tonight. And then we had such a good date. You know, we went to this restaurant via Quadrono on the Upper East Side and we didn't go on our phones. I put my phone away and we just had like a really cute catch up. And then he came back to my house. I live with my parents. He hung out with my parents a little bit. We were in my room, you know, lying on my bed, just like cuddling, but he was sick. So we didn't like do anything. (laughs) Um, besides share like literally one kiss I think Um, and then he left at like nine something which felt early but I just attributed it to him being sick and being sick I like texted my interns and I was so excited I'm like we had such a fun night together I'm so glad that like everything's okay (laughs) and then it was back to normal the next day I was not hearing from him. He wasn't making plans with me. Um, I remember texting him to meet up, meet me out and my friends and he didn't respond until one thirty, and then said, I-, I fell asleep on the couch. And it was just so weird. And then next day he texted me and suggested that he come uptown to hang because we had tentative plans to hang out that day. And he came over in the morning and like walked into my room no one was home except me and I was blasting (laughs) 80s rock 
and the Gimme Gimme ABBA remix, like the club mix, was playing from my speakers. It was in my bathroom and we were in my bedroom. And we go into my room. I had cleaned up for him because I was so excited for him to come over and to hang out with him and have a normal day since the weddings. And immediately he's like, Morgan, like, I don't think we should see each other anymore. And ABBA is still black. Give me, give me, <laughs> give me a man after we shouldn't see each other anymore. <laughs> no joke. And I was like, are you kidding? And he was like, no, I'm not. And I'm like, okay, hold on. Like, let me go turn off this music. And I went I'm really so sorry if that song, I imagine <laughs> that song is now ruined for you and it comes on absolutely everywhere. Absolutely. Like I can't obviously think of anything else, but you know, it's okay. <laughs> Ouch. Um, <laughs> I turned off the music, came back into my room and we had an 18 minute long conversation about our relationship. And basically what I was told was we're in different places in our lives and we don't click anymore. Things have changed. It wasn't just a switch. It's been like this for a month, he said. And he just like felt deep down that we shouldn't be together. And he couldn't really pinpoint anything or any specifics. And I said to him, if you've been feeling like this for a month, why did you agree to be in a relationship? And he said that he couldn't bring himself to say no. Basically, like he did not want to be with me for the last three weeks. It was literally two and a half, three weeks of our relationship. Um, and we spoke once the next day. He had brought all my stuff to my apartment that was I, that I had left at his place in my locks club tote bag. And that was just like it. And I, I texted him the next day, basically saying, like, I was upset with the way he handled it because I had expressed to him that I was concerned. And I had always been so, so honest with him about where I was at. And I felt like he had so many opportunities to express doubts or concerns. Obviously, I know it's a little complicated with the weddings. Like, I don't exactly know what I would have done if I'd been in his position because, you know, they're expensive and it would have been well you look you also were in his position though you also yeah. had a wedding <laughs> that's true and yes it wasn't a flight away but it was still what like a train ticket away a long driveway a hotel yeah. room away like also like I'm sorry but flights to West Palm Beach are not that expensive I do them all the time so yeah so I mean that's really like I told him that I was upset with it and he said you know that's just me and I'm working on myself. I'm not happy with the way I handled it, but like, that doesn't mean you don't mean so much to me. And like the last few months haven't meant so much to me. Like I did really like you. I want, I wish like things were different, but like, this is it. And that's the last time we spoke. It's just so frustrating. And like, I get it. Like ending something with someone is like a hard and scary thing to do, but it's not fair to you or even to him to stay in it. And you literally gave him, it's just like you, you were so, like, you said, like you were so honest and you gave him opportunities to tell you how he was feeling. And it just sounds like, it sounds like the second you gave him what he wanted, which was to be in a relationship, he didn't want it anymore. 
Yeah. A lot of people have said that to me too. Like my dad, you too, you know, maybe once the chase was over, that was it. Honestly, like, I don't feel like that's what it was because I, I mean, he said too, he didn't want to be in that relationship. And I think he just felt trapped and like I had trapped him. I mean, in a way, I wish that my initial plan, which was to have a conversation with him about where we are and what he wants out of a relationship at his age, because he's 29, I'm 25. And I wish we had had that conversation instead of like me trusting that he still wanted to be one in one and giving him a crossword. But I wanted to do something cute and I had no reason to believe that anything had changed because literally up until those last few weeks when we became official, I didn't, I almost nothing was wrong. There were like a couple. Yeah. Communication, time spent together, everything was consistent and normal. And yeah, like we'd had a couple, you know, they weren't even arguments. We disagreed about a couple things like the content and the filming and whether he wanted to be in the videos. And every single time we had those disagreements, we spoke about them and communicated so well. And even when he didn't know exactly what he was upset about, he would tell me and vice versa. So it was just like so weird all of a sudden to completely be on different pages. And when he got to my place and he said he didn't want to see me anymore, I even said to him like, is this done? Like you've thought about this and that's it. And we're never going to see each other again. And he like, he had my stuff with him. Like he was done completely and just walked away. Do you think that things may have unfolded differently in terms of the relationship had you been willing to commit from the start? Or do you think you would have gotten to this place where for whatever reason he realized like, this isn't it? I think that probably the reason it lasted so long and it was five and a half months was because we weren't together for so much of it. And whether or not I had committed right away, I think in the end, everything happens for a reason and he wasn't my person. And, you know, I I knew that. That's the thing. Like, you had gut feelings. Yeah, you knew. that you, There were reasons <laughs> that you were hesitant. I was always hesitant. I knew he probably wasn't the right one for me. And especially because my food Instagram is a huge part of my life and he wasn't supportive enough for me to feel okay being with him long term, long term. Um, I've been in, you know, situationships where they were more supportive and would be in my content, you know, or help me film it. And, and so I knew that that was something that was possible for me to find. And at the same time, I figured, you know, either he'll improve in terms of the content creation stuff and he'll, you know, loosen up, he'll get used to it or he won't. And that'll be it. And there were obviously a couple other things that I didn't feel like were making sense, but you know, I was excited to be even in a short-term relationship with him because I liked him and I wanted to experience it and I wanted to see where this would go. 
Yeah. And I want to kind of call something out because I feel like for a lot of people who don't work in social media or are not content creators, et cetera, et cetera, like might hear like, oh, like he wasn't supportive of my food Instagram. Like it's not just like taking pictures of food and posting it. Like that's the least part of it. Like that's the least important part (laughs) of it. It's it's more so it's like, this is a something that you've been passionate about that you've spent so much time on so much energy on is really important to you. It's like not only like a passion, it's a business, it's a hobby. It's like all of these things in one. And so there's a difference between like, Oh, like he doesn't want to be in the pictures or the videos versus just like, he wasn't supportive, like wasn't encouraging, you know, like he doesn't have to be in them. But like, if he, you know, is just appreciative of like the work that you do, just supportive in general. And I kind of just want to make that clear because I feel like it's really hard to understand unless you are really like, unless you do it or get it, like what that means. And I, I completely agree. Like you should absolutely be with somebody who completely supports you and is excited for you and wants yeah. to cheer you on and like all of that. So and we, we had even set, you know, boundaries basically with the content creation. I would tell him in advance if I wanted to film something that day, or if we were going to go on a date and I wanted to, film content I would like warn him in advance basically and vice versa you shouldn't even have to do that but like (laughs) yeah you worked but you worked through it together you compromised exactly we compromised and so I thought things were okay and I I really I don't know you know like I've analyzed I've micro analyzed every single possible thing that could have gone wrong and obviously there are tons of things that could have gone wrong and I was just thinking about how the saying, it's not you, it's me. Like, it is me. That's the thing. It's And it is him. And he and I yeah. did not mesh. And we didn't end up yeah. together. And that's why. And you're not meant to be with everyone that you meet. Everyone. And I didn't think we were meant to be together. I didn't think it was going to be that short. But, you know, I I have to be okay with it. And I... I'm definitely more okay with it, honestly, than I've been in some previous breakup situations, which gives me perspective as well. Um, yeah. And I think that's something to also like be proud of yourself for. And the fact that you're able to look back already, you know, you're still pretty fresh out of it, but you're able to look back and be like, this wasn't my person. It was both of us that were just on different pages and are different people, but you know, we tried and we had that experience and we went for it and you know, you can point out things that you wish you did differently that you wish he did differently. And I think that's what it's all about is just like having experiences and learning from them. Yeah, definitely. And it's obviously sad, but it's sad that I can't say I have a lot of boyfriend. <laughs> um, but that doesn't mean you're not going to again. I know. Yeah, obviously. Right. <laughs> I swear that's not the I, only I reason hope. I did it though. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure about that? No, I'm kidding. Um, Okay. I want to switch gears a tiny bit and talk about a few things before we wrap up. Um, One thing that you are very known for, and people might not know it's you, but it's you, (laughs) is your I'm single videos. So please enlighten (laughs) us all and tell everybody about this because I think it is the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. Okay. So when I was in LA for the summer, which by the way, this was during my you know, seeing this guy situation. Yeah. And I told him before I was posting it that he would have to be okay with it. Cause it was, you know, my, my content for my page. Basically I was at a park in LA 
called Panmar. It's a golf course. And every Wednesday during the summer, they have live music and food and drink vendors. And so many hot people go. It's crazy how many. Everyone around you, I just couldn't believe it. And I felt like I had no way to stand out among all those people. Even though I, I wanted to be there, I wanted to meet people and mingle, especially because I was leaving LA one week later. And I decided I'm going to figure this out. And I wrote on my Instagram story, like a white background with black text that said, I'm single. And I enlarged it and I held it to my head at the golf course. And I walked around the park with this phone to my head that said, I'm single. And <laughs> my Carly filmed it for me. Um, and at one point I specifically did it to a guy who was sitting near me and I, we exchanged numbers cause I, I put a, another thing to my head that said, what's your number? And he put his number in my phone and said, you have to find it basically. And I literally went so viral for this that I still don't understand. It got in total all over all platforms, 40 million views. And I'm just like the I'm single That's girl insane. now. <laughs> Well, because here's the thing. I think it's something not only is it like a brilliant way to like put yourself out there, but it's something that I think everybody wishes they had the confidence to do, but most of us don't. And it's something that also it's like, oh, this is kind of a good hack for like, I'm not that confident, but maybe I could, you know, take that leap of faith and do this too and see how it goes. It's like you created your own in real life dating app for yourself. No, literally. And I am such a proponent of putting yourself out there and being confident because at least straight men, I mean, they like it as far as I can tell. Like anyone who's confident in their own sexuality and they like it. They like when the girl makes the first move. I'm not saying make every move after that, but you know, take the leap, introduce yourself. I, I literally, I'm making hats that say I'm single on them so that people can do the same thing, but, you know, be more subtle about it. <laughs> um, no, I love it. I, I really think it's the greatest thing in the world. Um, and something that I hope like when, when they're for sale, tell me, cause I will link <laughs> them and encourage everyone to buy them. <laughs> cause it's, it's such a good conversation starter. No, it, it really, really is. really is. I got my first sample in the mail last week and I wore it out on Saturday. I went to like a day drinking situation and a lot of the guys would like from across the room would look at it too. Um, even if they weren't talking to you and then like laugh a little bit and it's, it's just a good conversation starter. Yeah. It's a way to, to walk into a room and get people's attention without doing anything other than showing up. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I love that. Okay. Few questions about locks club because you're here and I can't not. Of course. What have you learned about dating since working there? Um, well, in terms of trends, first of all, men are swiping right so much more often than women. They're so much less picky, um, which explains, you know, why there are fewer conversations for like for women, because they have men have too many options, um, basically. And I guess that they're only narrowing it down after they have matched already, which 
is a little disheartening for myself included. <laughs> um, so that's one thing. Another is like everybody needs to work on their dating profiles. I mean, every single profile I see on Mox Club. Free fucking tweet, Morgan. Larry David references, like curb your enthusiasm. Competitive about everything. Yeah. Literally and all everything. all these people, you know, there at at one point was a feature in Long Scub where you could text the matchmaker for profile advice. And all of these people would write in asking for help with their profile, or you could ask for your profile to be roasted. And literally, I'm like, why do I see so many of the same trends? It's, I mean, just try. A lot of these people would say, you know, what am I doing wrong? And I'm like, well, you have one word prompt answers. It's like, what are you doing right? Literally nothing. You haven't put any effort in. You have not used, like, this is, I think the biggest problem. And I get so worked up about it because I, I've talked about it so many times and like, I don't know why it doesn't get into people's heads, but you're not trying to be witty or funny or whatever on your profile. You need to show who you are. You need to show your personality. You need to actually tell somebody things about you so they can decide, Oh, do I want to date Morgan? Do I want to talk to Alana? Like, do I think we'd have a good conversation and vibe or get along or connect on X, Y, Z thing? Like you have to give people things to go off of. Yeah, exactly. What about red flags on dating app profiles? Um, honestly, I feel like there are fewer red flags on a lot of people's profiles on Logs Club compared to other apps. Like, I'm not seeing a lot of fish pics, for example, which is great. I think part of it is probably we got because... got that point across. <laughs> Go team. Every time I see someone apply who has fish pics on their Instagram, I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> You're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a little bit part of it. Um, but definitely, I think... You know, anyone who doesn't answer the prompt questions or the career history section. Um, okay, recently I've seen AI photos on dating profiles, which. No. I mean, just use oh recent God. photos of yourself. Just please. Like, oh my God. <laughs> no baby pics, no AI photos, no pics where you can't see your face. You know, the typical red flags of any dating profile. Wait, I can't believe people are using AI photos. I know. And they're getting Guys, reported. that's not... Don't do that. <laughs> Good. They should. Yeah, right. They I mean, 100% should. Like, that's not your face. Exactly. All that, all that says is that you are self-conscious and you think that you look better in AI than you do in real life. <laughs> it actually shows that you're not confident. And you're allowed to be not confident, but be not confident the way everyone else is by just being not confident, but pretending you are. Yeah. And I will say one thing, anyone who's uploading AI pics or anything like that, the funny thing about Logs Club is I am doing membership. So I straight up go into our texting platform and I message those people and I, I, I'll say something silly like, hey, it's the Logs Club police. Like, I'm here to tell you you need to change these pics or like you need to answer oh the prompts God, on I your love profile. That. <laughs> That is awesome. That is so funny. I love how you like make it fun though. Yeah. I mean, otherwise it'd be a little weird. I mean, it's still a little weird, honestly, but they should know. No, but it's necessary. I'm trying to help them. (laughs) Do do you have any favorite success stories? Um, Yes, because we have so many cute success stories that have been popping up out of nowhere. Um, 
first of all, I think we had two or three weddings in the last month alone. Um, one of wow. which, by the way, it was written about in the New York Times wedding section and inspired me to go back on Vox Club after my breakup. Um, oh, I love that. Yeah, because they were also, I think, like 35 years old and 42. And it was so cute because they've waited there, you know, for a couple decades to find their person. And now they both are just so in love. And they had a Cantor's Deli wedding party dinner reception the night before their wedding. And it was like old school deli themed, which is literally Locks Club. And exactly, then Locks Club. I love that. Their so wedding reception was black tie, which is like the speakeasy behind the deli. And I literally... I was going crazy because I wanted that to be, I want that to be my wedding too. Um, that's my favorite. And it will be. Story. Yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. Okay. Morgan, thank you so, so much for being here. Before I let you go, my last question and favorite question to ask, what is the best piece of dating advice you've ever received? <sighs> the best piece of dating advice? Honestly, the advice that I follow the most is just, you know, everything happens for a reason and any everything that is in your dating life, whether it's good or bad, all of it teaches you a lesson and you're there to learn and grow from your experiences and all of those will lead you to your person and that person will come into your life no matter what, um, if you're meant to be with them, so just got you just gotta wait basically and be patient because your time will come i love that and they do say good things come to those who wait definitely <laughs> love it. thank you morgan where can everybody find you um on instagram it's too much food three o's in two and food <laughs> and on tiktok it's just my name morgan realm and that's really the main places. <laughs> Amazing. And I will have all of that tagged in the show notes. Morgan, thank you again for being here. Thank you for being vulnerable and, and opening up and sharing your story. I know it was really hard to go through and, you know, it's obviously still pretty fresh and hard to kind of recap, but you did a beautiful job and I really appreciate it. Thanks and everyone who on. listened, thank you. Of course. Thank you for tuning in. Please send this episode to a friend who would love to hear it. Share it on your story, tag too much food, and <laughs> seeing other people, uh, send it to the group chat, send it to your coworkers, download Box Club. And yeah, seriously, try it out. I will stay, stay on the lookout for the Be Single hat link. I will be posting that for sure when they are for sale. And I will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.